0: Welcome to the Downstream Column podcast, addressing challenges in downstream biomanufacturing with a platform purification approach. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Downstream Column. Joining me today is Jonathan Royce. Jonathan is the business leader for chromatography resins at GE Healthcare Life Sciences. He has over 15 years of experience in the life sciences field and has held positions in R&D, process development, sales, and marketing. Jonathan has a master's degree in chemical engineering from Northeastern University, and he resides with his wife and two children in Uppsala, Sweden. I wanted to start off the conversation uh, with a question about what you see as the biggest challenges currently in downstream today.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, it's an interesting question because... Uh, Depending on on when you ask the question, you probably would have gotten a different answer over the last uh, five to 10 years. But I I think if I think just about the state of the industry today, I think one of the biggest challenges is really the diversity of uh, projects that most facilities are being asked to handle today. So whereas... 10 to 20 years ago, it was quite common for a facility to be dedicated to the manufacture of a specific therapeutic. Um, today the, the wide majority of facilities are being asked to handle multiple projects and that prevents, that presents, um, a considerable facility fit challenge for, for many of the people that are designing processes and then implementing them in manufacturing. And that means that, um, Platform technologies are becoming even more important than than ever, um, both in terms of reducing the amount of time that it takes in process development, but also in terms of ensuring that a facility that has a specific set of limitations in terms of scale and format that it can use is going to be able to handle um, multiple types of projects. It could be uh, even multiple. Uh, structures of antibodies or recombinant proteins. It can be multiple cell lines, um, and the downstream purification has to have enough flexibility to be able to handle that diversity. And again, uh, probably one of the most key technologies in terms of uh, driving that facility fit is the use of is the use of platform purification tools.
0: Great, and. I'm interested in how GE specifically has worked to address some of the challenges that you mentioned with your bioprocess portfolio.
1: So I think uh, the way GE has really addressed this problem is around is by looking at the the wave of molecules that's coming in the early clinical pipeline and trying to think about how will we develop technologies that will stay ahead of that uh, whatever the next class of molecules that's coming is. And protein A is really a, a sort of easy example. It's been around now for, for almost four decades. It's, it's well-established, and there's a broad class of molecules where protein A um, really provides that sort of platform solution that gives good facility fit. But we've also seen, for instance, a, a number of antibody fragment projects start to enter the clinical pipeline. And that led to the development of products that we have today, which are used for for different types of fragments. They bind to different areas of antibody fragments. One of them is Captol. l Capto l is a protein L, it's really the first uh, protein L-based resin that was designed for industrial use. Um, and then the other two are Kappa Select and Lambda Fab Select, which bind to other parts of the fragment structure and provide um, good coverage of the different, uh, the many different types and structures of fragments that exist on the market today. Then outside of the antibody space, we've looked at um, developing affinity solutions that provide good platforms for things like recombinant blood factors, like factor eight, um, and even looked at uh, specific both affinity and pseudo affinity solutions for virus manufacturing and virus purification, specifically uh, focused on, for instance, the vaccine market and trying to enable um, better productivity in those types of processes.
0: And you mentioned the uh, chromatography resins as being part of that. The new Prisma A Protein A chromatography resin offers key benefits that address several of the challenges that you've mentioned. Could you explain this in more detail?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so I mean, Matchless like Prisma is is a is a next generation Protein A resin. Um, as I mentioned before, Protein-A is really the, the most tangible example of an affinity resin that provides good platform ability and good facility fit. Um, but it does require a sort of constant redevelopment of the technology in order to stay ahead of the industry needs. And, and maps like Prisma is really a response to um, the fact that cell culture, productivity has increased so much over the last 20 years. If you look at the last two decades, productivity in in mammalian cell lines has increased almost a hundredfold, and that's put a lot of pressure on downstream purification to really keep up, in many cases, making protein A a bottleneck in the downstream um, process. And so um, mapselect Prisma is really designed to help break that bottleneck. It's also designed to... Uh, offer capacities that enable the use of prepack technology, even at, even in large-scale manufacturing. So uh, the largest uh, prepack columns today with maps like Prisma are well-matched to a, a high-titer process used in a 2,000-liter disposable bioreactor. Um, and so it really opens up a lot of doors in terms of uh, flexibility in manufacturing, facility fit, uh and and de bottlenecking of downstream purification
0: and with the mab select prisma, are there certain manufacturing scenarios where this would make the best uh would be the best choice versus the other mab select resins? how would a a customer choose which resin would be the best for them
1: yeah, it's a good question because um the MapSelect family is getting larger all the time, but I think it's fair to say that we really believe that MapSelect like Prisma should be the first choice for any new manufacturing processes. Um, we will be working quite hard with our customers to uh, ensure that MapSelect like Prisma is uh, finds its way into process development labs and starts to get used in... in uh, clinical manufacturing because we think it really offers uh, broad applicability across uh, all scales all titers um, and really sort of all conceivable manufacturing facility designs and in any one of those scenarios offers some significant advantages over the previous generation products so I mentioned capacity and and the bottlenecking before, and certainly Maps like Prisma offers a capacity that we've never been able to offer previously in a protein A resin. Um, It also offers some real advantages in terms of its cleanability and the types of chemicals that can be used for uh, cleaning the resin. This is the first protein A resin where you could actually clean all of the steps in a downstream purification suite with the same sodium hydroxide concentration. So it really simplifies manufacturing operations, um, removes a CIP buffer from the entire downstream area, uh, and also drives down uh, volumes of buffers that are needed on the protein A step, which can be um, significant in many cases and, and, uh, for instance, in many cases preclude the use of um, Single use solutions like bags and liner systems because the volumes are simply too large.
0: You mentioned cleanability, and I think that's a really important topic that I'd like to to dig into a little bit deeper because bio burden control and downstream has been a topic that's been widely discussed. I would like it if you could elaborate a little bit on how that can be addressed with the, the MabSelect Prisma. And specifically with the cleanability and and maintaining bio-burden control.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, protein A is um, a wonderful technology, but it's certainly not without um, some limitations. And and one of those has historically been the resistance of the ligand itself, the protein ligand itself to um, sodium hydroxide. Sodium hydroxide is by far the most commonly used uh, CIP and SIP chemical in downstream purifications. It's well accepted because it's very effective at removing proteins. It has uh, good kill kinetics for most types of bacteria. And it's easy to detect and then um, dispose of afterwards. So it's, it's easy to neutralize after use. It's easy to, to measure clearance in the manufacturing process. Of course, pH is a, and conductivity are very simple indicators to use. Um, and Protein A has had really limited compatibility with, with that cleaning solution. That, combined with the fact that Protein A is the first step after the bioreactor, where all of the nutrient mode in the, in the um, cell supernatant gets loaded onto the column, and that supernatant is rich in, in glucose, vitamins, growth promoters, any, all sorts of things that really uh, bacteria can flourish in, that's a very bad combination. So you have an extremely nutrient-rich load going onto the column and then a relatively weak cleaning chemical being used. And so... Um this means that protein A columns are more prone to bioburden contamination. Um they're harder to remediate if you get a bioburden contamination. Um and they and and those two facts have been really uh, big drivers for us in the development of MapsLith Prisma to find a way to further enhance the alkali stability of, of the protein A um, and and really to enable Uh, higher concentrations of CIP solutions. One additional area where protein A residents have had historical um, challenges is around situations where they are contaminated with spore-forming bacteria. So, spore formers um, do tend to be much more resistant to sodium hydroxide than other chemicals, and that's um, also an area that we've had in focus over the last few years. So, we have developed a recommendation for MabSelect Shore using an oxidizing agent called paracetic acid. Paracetic acid is a well-accepted chemical in most downstream manufacturing. It's frequently used to clean, uh, to sanitize ultrafiltration cassettes. Um, and we've been able to demonstrate that it's also a very effective and safe sanitant for MabSelect Shore. And we're currently doing work to extend that recommendation to MabSelect Prisma as well. So, we believe that this combination of um, much higher resistance to stronger concentrations of sodium hydroxide, as well as a uh, recommendation to be able to use parasitic acid as a remediation for potential spore-forming uh, outbreaks will provide very good assurance um, against bioburden contaminations in, future, in the future.
0: Thanks so much for that explanation, because I think we talk a lot about bioburden, in the overall process, upstream and downstream, but I, it was really uh, helpful to have that uh, explanation of, of why it tends to to be an issue with um, protein A or how it can be. And it certainly sounds like the the MAPS like Prisma has found a unique way to uh, to address that and reduce the the concern about bio burden. There, I wanted to just close with a, a question about. Um, what you think are the remaining challenges that we still need to solve in the protein A capture step?
1: Well, I think I think um, the, the challenge that's probably discussed most commonly in this industry is still around um, really o- the overall cost of protein A, um, and I think that uh, that's a challenge that can only be solved through continued technological innovation. So. Um, I think that what we'll see is that uh, MapsLick Prisma will offer a lower cost of manufacturing than any of our previous generation resins, but I think there will always be room for improvement there as we think about um, new ways to use the Prisma ligand and also um, potentially next generations of of Prisma and other protein A products in general. So I think that. there there are some specific technical challenges that, that I won't go into now, but I think that um, a continued focus on how we make this to be an extremely effective, but also, um, um, well, let's say an a, a extremely uh, technically effective, but also cost effective technology um, will be one of the main challenges we'll continue to face in the future.
0: Thank you so much for your time today. This has been really interesting. And I guess the last thing I'll ask is just, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners?
1: Um, You know, I want to just say thanks um, for listening. It's been um, great to have this conversation. And I just say that I encourage people to... have a dialogue with companies like GE that are developing technology. Um, I think that the input that our customers customers and collaborators provide to us is invaluable in terms of making sure that we invest uh, in the right areas at the right time so that we really commercialize um, both uh, uh, production and purification technologies um, that are really uh, suited to the current needs of the industry. So um, I I really appreciate the dialogue that we have with customers today. I hope that um, if you're listening to this, that you'll reach out to whoever your local GE person is and and have a conversation with them about what you think the challenges are that you're facing um, and what we can do to help you solve them.
0: Great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.